0: this Week in China's History Canton Coup and What Could Have Been for the KMT Written by James Carter Published in The China Project Read for you by Kaiser Guo This Week in China's History March thirtieth, 1926 At dawn on March nineteenth, 1926, there appeared in the Pearl River off Wampoa site of the military academy that was a key feature of the united front between the nationalist and communist parties, a gunship. The SS Zhongshan was the most powerful vessel in the nationalist navy, in the words of historian Hans van de Vin, and had been renamed a few months earlier to honor KMT founder Sun Yat-sen, Sun Zhongshan, who had died a year prior. That the Zhongshan was at anchor off Wanpo on March 19th is about all that is indisputable about the events surrounding what came to be known as the Canton Coup. To start at the most basic question, why had the ship sailed from its base at Guangzhou, a few miles upriver, to Wampo? According to the Zhongshan's captain, Li Zhilong, he had moved his vessel to Wampo at the order of Chang Kai Shek, Jiang Jie The nationalist commander in chief, who was himself at Whampoa. Zhang had requested the ship to protect shipping from pirates, some of which had attacked a foreign flagged vessel the day before and continued to menace the delta. Perhaps true, but the trouble was, Zhang, with the Zhongshan anchored near his offices in Whampoa, was not comforted by the arrival of the most powerful warship in the fleet. To the contrary, he was alarmed. He had not called for any warships to be dispatched to Wampuo. Or had he? The arrival of the Zhongshan set in motion a series of events that, though not high-profile today, were as significant as any in shaping modern China's political path. At the center of the controversy was understanding why the ship had come. Chiang Kai-shek's rapid investigation uncovered what he determined to be a plot against him, one that originated in the death of Sun Yat-sen. The KMT had been, since 1924, in the United Front, an uneasy alliance with the Communist Party, and Sun was the only person with the connections and the charisma and the motivation to hold this alliance together. When Sun died of cancer, aged just 58, the struggle to succeed him was in many ways a fight for the party's ideological direction, enabled by the ambiguity of Swin's politics, which enabled communists and fascists to coexist in his party. Both sides agreed that the top priority was unifying China after a decade of disintegration, usually called the Warlord Era. But beyond that, they shared little in common. On the right... Chiang Kai-shek claimed to be Sun's chosen successor. On the left, Wang Jingwei lobbied for more influence. Chiang would later famously say that while China's external enemies were a disease of the skin, the communists constituted a disease of the heart and barely concealed his mistrust and contempt for his supposed allies. Chiang claimed, in a tactic reminiscent of gladiator, That Sun, just before he died, had reconsidered his support of socialism and put his faith in Jiang to stave off the threat posed by the Soviet Union. Wang Jingwei led a faction that was wary of Jiang's authoritarian tendencies. Supported by the Soviet Union, his Left Guomindang claimed to represent Sun's true legacy. The two sides prepared for their northern expedition to unite the country, but also plotted against one another. In early 1926, it appeared that the left might be the stronger side, building on its Soviet influence. One of those KMT members was the Zhongshan's captain, Li Zhilong. Li was a Communist Party member who worked closely with Soviet naval advisors, so when the Jungshan appeared at Wanpo uninvited, it raised alarm bells for Jiang. The alarm bells were amplified, by a series of unusual phone calls from subordinates asking for details and confirmation of Jiang's plans and movements. Although the ship soon went back to Guangzhou, Jiang launched an investigation into just what had been going on. The investigation revealed a Soviet-backed plot by the Communist Party. The Zhongshan had not come to fend off pirates, but to take Chiang Kai-shek prisoner. Zhang would be taken to Vladivostok the USSR's Pacific port, where he would be held until satisfactory arrangements for KMT leadership could be made. As I said, though, little about this event is agreed upon. In the PRC, the event is seen as a false flag operation orchestrated by Zhang so that he could eliminate the communist and Soviet elements in the party. In this telling of events, Zhang arranged for the Zhongshan to be dispatched just as Li Zhilung and others had claimed, but then denied it and used the ship's appearance to declare that the communists in the KMT were plotting his ouster. The discovery of the plot, including the rather far fetched notion that he was to be spirited away to Vladivostok, more than 2,000 miles away by sea, was an excuse to launch his purge and cement his status. As Sun's successor. Historian Yang Tianxi has offered another hypothesis, suggesting that neither Jiang nor the Communists were plotting. Yang's theory can be summarized by one of my favorite maxims Never attribute to malice what can be reasonably explained by incompetence. In his 1988 article, republished in English in 1991, The Riddle of the Zhongshan Gunboat Incident, Yang argues that. Miscommunications and ineptitude, fueled by some mid level score settling and paranoia rather than high level skeebing on either side, led to the deployment of the Zhongshan. But whether the ship was part of a plot or not, Chiang acted quickly to head off dissent in his ranks. He declared martial law in Guangzhou on March 20th and launched a purge of communists in the Guangpo Academy. Cadets loyal to Jiang, as well as nationalist soldiers, arrested the political leaders at the academy, including Li Julong. Several communist divisions at Wanpo were purged, and Soviet advisers were expelled. Although the United Front would continue until the Shanghai Massacre of 1927, the prospects of the KMT left never recovered after Jiang's Canton coup. It's, of course, Impossible to speculate what might have happened had the KMT left remained a viable part of a coalition. In all likelihood, that ideological distance between the right and left would have eventually ended the united front, and in any case, the Japanese invasion of the 1930s reshuffled the deck completely. Nonetheless, given the prominence Chiang Kai shek came to assume, the event that secured his role ought not to be forgotten. And the Zhongshan itself has a noteworthy coda. Serving in the Chinese Navy, she was sunk by Japanese bombs in 1938 in the Battle of Wuhan and remained at the bottom of the Yangtze for nearly 60 years. In 1997, the ship was raised and refloated, eventually taking its current place on the Wuhan waterfront as a floating museum. This Week in China's History is a weekly column.